If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are welcoming back the one, the only Dr. Tiffany Moon. Hi. (laughs) What is going on? You are in Italy. You tell me. I'm in Italy with my husband. It is our 10 year wedding anniversary. And we had this trip planned for a while. And a little thing called COVID came along and reared its whatever number variant. And we were going to cancel the trip. And then I said, you know what, we're just gonna, we're just gonna go we're gonna live life to the fullest take take the maximum precautions. But here we are. How is it there? It's so funny. I have a friend who was just in Italy. And she said it was great. Like, it's like, it's, it's open and it doesn't feel strange. No, it's open. It doesn't feel strange. Everyone here is so good about wearing their mask. Um, We've mostly been outside sightseeing. So we're not like in inside. I'm joking that I'm exposed to probably less COVID here than I am at work back in the States because I have COVID positive patients on almost every single day that I'm in the operating room. So we're just outside over here, you know, looking at the Sistine Chapel and all these other things. So I feel great. How is your day job doing? I mean, listen, we've seen you on Housewives, but we, just, we let's not forget that you are a doctor. Like you juggled filming a major reality TV show and actually working long shifts, right? Yes, yes. I made a joke that was maybe a little mean, but I was like, oh my gosh, am I the only cast member of Dallas who currently still is employed? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I still work at the hospital. Um, I am part-time, which was, you know, part of my um, story that I told the one season that I was on that I needed to cut back in order to spend more time with my family and pursue some of my other interests besides, you know, just going to work because I've been doing it for 10 years and I just needed a little bit of a a break. Um, But I never intended to like not be a doctor anymore. So um, still working. Well, that's good to know that you weren't going to throw your medical degree out the window for housewives. (laughs) Never was I. Stranger things have happened, Tiffany. Stranger things have happened. So listen, you know, I want to talk all about this comedy that you have coming up. But before we get there, I want to talk all about that because I really do have some legitimate questions. Because, you know, when you think of Dr. Tiffany, when you think of a doctor, you think of housewives, I think of candles, I think of a closet. I don't necessarily think of comedy. So we're going to get there. But before we get there... Let's talk housewives for a minute. You know, listen, when you look back at your housewives experience, there was a lot of drama, right? There was a lot of racial overtones, but let's start on a positive note. Like what is really the positive, you know, like what's the positive takeaway that you have? Like the thing that sticks out for you. Gosh, my housewives journey was such a roller coaster, but um, I am an optimist. I do like to see the silver lining in the clouds, if you will. And being on the show gave me such a bigger platform to talk about issues that are important to me, like supporting the AAPI community, supporting victims of domestic violence, and of course, um, trying to make people laugh. Because you have to remember, like my job, there's nothing funny about my job, about anesthesia, about caring for trauma and cancer patients, which is largely my demographic. Um, And so when I'm done with work, I want a little levity and laughter. And I think the show um, gave me the platform and the bravery, if you will, to sort of show that side of myself, because I always wanted to be, you know, this serious doctor. And if I made a joke, maybe people would take 
take me less seriously. Um, but being on the show, people were like, oh, she's really funny. Like, you know, she has this quirky sense of humor. Um, so I think it really gave me the bravery to pursue being a comedian. Did, so, Amy, you really attribute that to the show? Like, you don't think you'd be here with this new comedy venture if it wasn't for Real, Real Housewives? I really do. I really do. It kind of gave me that push that I needed. Um, and then the support um, from people who, you know, said things like, you are actually funny. And I'm like, I am really, did, you know, it's kind of like a weird sense of humor, a little bit sarcastic, a little bit dark. And people are like, no, 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 we, we like sarcastic and dark. <laughs> Who doesn't like a little sarcastic and dark? See, so, I mean, that's right. Like you have this whole new comedy career because of Housewives. So that's something positive. And we are going to talk about it in just a few minutes. But before we get there again, here's my question. So you said in an interview that you think that Dallas Housewives would come, like would have possibly come back, like if Cam just apologized to you. So just walk me through that. Yes, Tiffany, we're like starting out with the heavy hitting questions here. Let's just get it out of the way so we can talk about the comedy, right? I love it. I love I, that is why you are such a good reporter because you know which questions to ask. So get all the fluff out of the way. I love it. Um, yeah, you know, um, back in April, right before we filmed reunion, I was, you know, people, when they would ask me, like, would you do another season? I was sort of like, yeah, maybe depends how my job's going, blah, blah. And then we filmed reunion and I left that stage in tears with a nosebleed, as you all saw. <laughs> and I was like, this is BS. Like I, I felt so accosted, so taken aback, so attacked and gaslit. Yeah. Gaslitten. I don't know. Um, that, that I was like, there's no way that I could do this again, if it's the same cast of characters, right? Because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. And I basically told them, I said, if this is, um, you know, going to be the, the future cast, then I'm out. Um, and I don't know, there were some discussions behind the scenes between the producers and the network. Um, and I think they decided that it was best for the time being, since we were not getting along, to just put the whole thing on hiatus. Yes, that is where we ended up. Now, look, I'm not Bethany Frankel. I don't know everything. But there is this perception before we got to this hiatus status that they were trying to bring the show back. And that you and Deandra were definitely going to be part of this new cast. Yes, we we had shot test scenes with other potential cast members. Um, that's not a secret. I'm not. It's not. I'm not outing anything. I'm not going to get in trouble. Although I don't know who I would get in trouble with anyway. Um, Deandra and I both shot test scenes with potential new members that we um, were friends with and potentially would have been on season six. Yes, that's, I mean, at least it's known to me, like Madeline Lamb, Lizzie Savetsky, Molly Simmons, some others. She knows a thing or two over here, Tiffany. So, oh, she does her homework. <laughs> she does her homework, but right. So it was you and Deandra. And so, I mean, was it, safe to say that, you know, Stephanie, Brandy, and Carrie Brigham were definitely not going to be part of this next season. Um, I have no idea. I can neither confirm nor deny. It is to my knowledge that there was going to be a big cast shakeup and several um, firings, or I guess not being asked back for the next season were going to occur. Who those people were, I do not know. That's fair enough. So do you think, and I'm not discrediting your statement, because I think, listen, the reason Dallas is on a hiatus, there's like a lot of, there's a lot of things that probably led to it. But do you think it could be also that, you know, Bravo descended, the producers descended upon Dallas and shot these test scenes, you know, with these new potential newbies and just like, look, we all know it, like you said it before, like the ratings for Dallas weren't stellar. And just like, so now we have this thing that's not stellar, the ratings, which I mean, listen, a lot of ratings are not stellar and we shot these test scenes and, you know, it just, they didn't feel like it was magic in a bottle. They're like, this just, it's not gelling. 
Yep. That is exactly what happened. Um, we test, we shot the test scenes. I think they weren't great. Um, many of the people that I shot with did not know each other. Um, so they only had may maybe one connection, maybe two to some of the cast members. And, but none of the three people that test shot knew each other at all outside of this just now happening. And it just, it wasn't gelling. Um, I actually had never promised to do another season. I said, well, when I had my temper tantrum back in May, I think, and changed my bio to ex-housewife or former housewife or whatever was when um, all that stuff happened with the Westcott's and them calling me racist and then trying to get me fired from my actual real job. And so I had a complete tantrum and was like, changed my Instagram bio, said, I want nothing ever to do with this show ever again. Um, and then there were some phone calls and Zoom meetings. And then they said, you know, if we did a major cast shakeup and brought some of your actual real friends on the show and all that, would you? And I was like, okay, 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 okay. So that's, does that make sense? Or was that a really long <laughs> answer to your question? No, that makes sense. Like, listen, everyone I think remembers when you changed your Instagram bio. Like, did you ever think just changing your Instagram bio and just minding your own business would be like a massive, like, media shitstorm basically no I did it at like eight or nine o'clock in the morning when I was I don't like to post things at night because I'm tired I've had a glass of wine you know it's not the best time I did it you know eight or nine in the morning I was like I am so done with this show these people are attacking my character insinuating that I go to work with a hangover or drunk saying that anti-racism is racism and then tagging my employer like are you effing kidding me like I am so done with this so that day I I decided I'm done with this show. I'm done with all these cast members. Like these people can kiss my ass. And then that's when I changed my bio. And then like maybe 10, 15 minutes later, my phone was like blowing up and they were like, what happened? Did this, did this. And then, you know, I changed it back. And then I, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I didn't mean to give you guys whiplash that day with all the changing of my Instagram bio. I really, um, that morning woke up and decided that I just didn't want to be associated with the show anymore. How long did it take Bravo to call you for these zoom meetings and these like, let's talk <laughs> Tiffany off a ledge. Let's just say that my phone was dead by noon that day. And I had to recharge it same day. I'm sure. And I mean, that makes sense. I mean, like essentially when push came to shove, like you chose your medical job that you've worked so hard for over housewives. Yes. And then subsequently, that was when Bravo issued their public statement standing in alliance with me. Um, they said, like, we stand with Dr. Tiffany Moon and her advocacy. Anti-racism is, in fact, not racism. So they issued a public statement, I think, the day after. I totally remember that, too. Yeah. Yes, that was a whole shitstorm. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. So another reason to me, and this is just where my mind goes, do you think, and look, I mean, you don't know for sure, but like, do you think, because this also happened right around the time, listen, I'm close with Ebony in the real world. This also really happened right around the same time that, you know, New York's ratings plummeted. I mean, that's just a fact. And, you know, the whole world made comments that we don't want to hear about race on TV. That's not me. That's just, that's what the people seem to say. And then we had a canceled New York reunion. And now like New York is trying to figure some things out. But the whole reunion being canceled and, you know, this whole thing that was going on and the ratings decreasing really was the time that they also said Dallas isn't coming back. So do you think that that could have had something to do with it in the sense that like, you know, it was implied to the world that you and Deandra and Cam were the ones coming back and no one else was. And so if you and Cam were both coming back, I mean, you can't run away from the person you're filming with. This would have been part of the new season of Dallas. Like, do you think that, I mean, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying, do you think that factored into like, well, we have this with New York and it's not going so well. Why in another franchise where the ratings are not great, would we want to just bring on a whole nother season of racist, you know, who's racist and all these allegations, just the whole concept. Do you think that could be part of it too? 
Yeah, I think that everything you said is part of it. Um, Dallas was always the lowest rated franchise of however many, the team of them that there are, always. Um, the season, season five did not fare particularly better. I think, you know, across the franchises, all the ratings sort of dropped a little bit. Um, when we might have started filming again was when Delta started rearing its head in Texas. And then um, the producers called me and was like, oh, we don't know. We might have to push back filming. And, you know, we're still unsure. And I said to him, and I remember this sort of jokingly, we were on a phone call and I said, you know what, let's just scrap the whole thing let's just like cut the cord and you know maybe pick it up in a year or two or never but like it's just I feel like the universe is telling us no and we're like trying too hard to make it happen you know the cast the the new people weren't gelling um I basically in so many words said that I refused to film with Cameron um, and COVID um, in Texas particularly was starting to go on the upswing again after the summer when it had started to defervesce. And I was like, I really feel like the universe is telling us no. And I said, so let's just scrap the whole thing, like in, in a joking kind of way. And then a couple of weeks later, they're like, we're scrapping the whole thing. And I was like, okay, then. So Tiffany, are you saying it was your idea to put this? <laughs> no, it was not. It was not my idea, but also um, it did not completely surprise me when that phone call came and I, you know, shed not a tear over it. It was actually the first emotion that I felt when they said, we're putting this on hold for a while was relief. So like this, this, this wave of relief washed over me. Really? Yes. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. I take my beauty and skincare products very seriously. And not only do I want my beauty and skincare products to work, but I want them to smell good. And that's where I've had problems in the past, where I've used fragrance beauty products. Now, the problem is a lot of them have toxic ingredients, which it's not just that they're toxics, it causes a negative reaction on your skin. I have broken out. I found that I'm allergic to a lot of products, and that is where my problem lies. Well, let me tell you something. I've discovered Lather. Lather offers daily natural skincare and wellness that help you feel real, all made with zero synthetic fragrance. They smell delicious and they're not toxic. I'm a regular user of their cactus flower and aloe gentle face scrub. It's gentle, but it's effective. It makes my skin feel so soft and radiant and it kind of shines. At night, I use the Radiant Recovery Sheet Mask. I find that I wake up kind of glowing. The products work, they smell amazing, and they're made with zero synthetic fragrance. What more could you want? Now, you, as a listener of this podcast, can get 15% off your order with code VELVET at lather.com slash velvet. That's lather.com slash velvet. Use code VELVET for 15% off. Stephanie has said the same thing, you know, I mean, in a way, not in so many words. I mean, whether she was going to be a part of it or not, but wow. Cause I was going to ask you on a scale from one to 10. I mean, it was your first season, you know, how upset you were, but it sounds like not necessarily like, I understand you're a perfectionist. So I think you would have gone ahead with it if it went ahead, 
but now you didn't have the pressure anymore because you don't have to make the decision. Yeah, exactly. And I'm really glad that I didn't because part of me thinks, gosh, you know, if they cast my friends and then COVID was over and they're enticing me with like a nice international trip, like I probably would have done it again because how many people like say no, you know what I mean? I I can't really go back in time and say, um, but I was really on the fence um, and, and throughout the season when it was airing and I was doing podcasts and um, press, I was always like, Oh, I don't know. We'll have to see how it, you know, all washes out. So to be honest, I'm really, really glad that they just made the decision for me and put it on hiatus because now I have the time to pursue my other endeavors, which to be honest, are so much more fun than filming for housewives comedy has to be more fun right (laughs) yes I mean you said it at the beginning of the podcast and I picked it up I was like I will just be known for the three C's which are my closet my candles and my comedy if that's all you remember Tiffany Moon for it's fine with me those are good those are some good things (laughs) And it was really just relief. It was just like, oh, wait, I'm in a great mood today. And this is really why. Yeah, I felt so relieved. I called my husband and I was like, babe, they're not going to do season six, at least, you know, not for now. And he's like, how do you feel? And I was like, so relieved. Like, I just felt like weight lifted off my shoulders. Like I didn't need to, you know, be pressured and I didn't need to hang out with people that I don't necessarily care for or would else hang out with if it weren't that we were working together. You know what I mean? It it was like, you know, you got fired from a job that you didn't really like (laughs) or need. Totally. No, I'm the same way. I mean, it is passive aggressive in a way, but I am literally the same way that I'm not one to say no to things. And so like, if someone wants me and it's an opportunity, it's like, I'm not really going to say no, if you're convincing me, I'm great for it. But then when something doesn't happen, you're like, I'm actually kind of happy. I totally understand. Makes sense. How was your BFF Deandra though with this? (laughs) Um, I think she was more upset than I am. I do not want to speak for her, um, or put words in her mouth. Um, but I think the show meant a lot more to her than it meant to me because of her, um, history with it. She had been on since season two. So she did four seasons and that's, I mean, it, when you're on the show and when it's showing and you're doing press and handling social media, it is all consuming. I mean, that is your life. Um, And so because I think of her longer history with the show, it meant more to her that it was being put on hold um, than me. I was like, oh, well, you know, one season, whatever. But I think it, it, it hurt her a little more. I mean, that's understandable. And you do think New York could have factored into this decision overall as a network. Yeah. I mean, New York, like you said, the ratings are facts. They went down and all of this stuff about racism, you know, it's really funny when I uh, talked to producers about joining housewives, there was no talk of, you know, race or anything like that, because that was back in 2019 that I had my interview with the producers of Real Housewives of Dallas. And then while we were in between filming, um, Brandy's video came out and then the very first all cast event I film for the producers are like we want you to talk to Brandy about her video and I'm like that video was like months ago like it's summer that video came out like during winter and they're like talk to her about her video and I was like I don't want to talk to her about her video they're like you're going to talk to her about the video and so here I go you know my my first appearance And I'm having to address a racist video and they're trying to do this thing between me and Brandy. Well, I never had a thing with Brandy. Still don't. Never, never had an issue with her. I mean, we had little tiffs here and there that you see. Never, never a major issue. Unlike my other castmate that those were real issues. Yeah. Right. No, I I agree with that. And then do you think, look, I mean, you are the quintessential housewife, like 
you have the house, you have, listen, there's, there's, there's a checklist. Like you have the closet, you have a, listen, the fact that you're a doctor, just like check that box. That's certainly not, you know, bad. Do you think like, you listen, Bravo is so great about diversity and inclusion on all their shows, like everything below deck. But do you think that you were cast specifically, not, not only like, there's a lot of reasons, but in part because of this video, because they didn't let Brandy go. Do you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, they let Leanne go, which let's not even get into all of that. But like, do you think it was like, well, out of the diversity that we need to bring to the show? And I think I'm all for an integrated cast like Salt Lake. But do you think it's like, well, we have someone that checks all the boxes and you're Asian American and we have this video, like we have to address this. Like, do you think that was part of it? Um, I was cast before that video of Brandy resurfaced somehow um, in like early 2020. Um, I had my talks with the producers in December of 19. And although I had not signed my contract until um, a few months later, they basically said, we want you for the show back then. Um, When Brandy's video resurfaced and now they know that they sort of have an Asian housewife coming in where they like, oh, yay, you know, two more points for Tiffany. Um, Maybe, sure. It certainly added to the story that they, you know, wanted her and I to have this you know, um, argument or whatever. Um, yeah, but, but for, for the people who said that I was cast because of the video, that is incorrect. Um, did I get maybe two more points on Bravo's checklist when they rate housewives, um, for being Asian? Maybe. And I'll take it. You know what I mean? Like, um, I do. I don't know what people are trying to insinuate there, but you know, if I got two points for having a nice house and three points for having a nice closet and one more point for being Asian, then I'll take it. Four points for being a doctor. Three more points for having the family that you can bring. You know, you have the mom, the husband, the kids. Do your kids, like, are they aware that like, okay, the cameras aren't here? You know, I mean, it was only one year. It's not like, a lot of the housewives children that grew up on camera or are they too young to understand like whether it was cameras and not cameras yeah they basically thought it was a one and done thing because that's always kind of how I framed it to them so they're never like oh how come the cameras aren't around anymore like that's definitely not a question um you know they were five at the time so they they I'm like do you guys remember when the cameras are around and they're like yeah we remember so they don't care one way or another it wasn't like they were like, wait, aren't, aren't those cameras here for, from now on or anything? No, but I know that like some of the housewife children that are on for decades or, you know, like they're five when their mom started on housewife and now they're 15. Like they, I think about that and I'm like, wow, those children sort of like grew up on TV, whatever problems they were dealing with, like, you know, hitting adolescence, like that probably was all shown on TV. And actually that was one of the reasons, you know, on my spreadsheet of whether or not to do another season again. Again, it was actually in the negative pile. Like I did not want my children to grow up on TV. I wanted them to have like a nice, normal life. And I think like, if you grow up on TV, like you do go through, it's like something you have no control over. And then like, you're it's not there. And it's like, you know, we all lose our jobs I and mean, that's just how housewives works. Right. And then it's like, that's, it is strange. Like I would imagine children go through some type of withdrawal, good or bad. Yeah, there should be a recovery group for children of housewives. I, I, I think so. Maybe you and I can start that in our next careers. <laughs> did you want to show, like, say the show came back and, you know, you were a part of it. And it, did you want to show more of, like, your career? Like, did you want to bring, like, the listen, we have botched. We have lots of shows where cameras go into operating rooms. Would you, would you, did you want that to be part of it? Yeah. One of the reasons that um, I felt like my time on Housewives wasn't great and was not really a fair representation of my life was because um, there was very little of my medical life in the show. And the reason for that was because that was in my contract. Um, I was not allowed to say who my employer was. We were not allowed to film within X miles of my place of employment. I was um, allowed to say that I was 
was a board certified anesthesiologist. And that's about it. So as far as filming in an operating room or, um, you know, showing the conversations that I have with my cancer patients before I take them back to the operating room, you know, visiting their um, families in the waiting room to let them know that their loved one is in the recovery room and everything went fine. None of that was shown and will never be shown because it's in my contract. Was that because you wanted it in your contract or Bravo or your employer? The latter. Your employer. You're shaking your head. Yes. I mean, that makes sense. It's the same thing like in New York City, like when a lot of like finance, like men and women just can't join the show. It's like they work for these hedge funds and these employers that are like, well, you cannot be on TV. We're just, it's not okay. I mean, I understand that there is a certain amount of professionalism that these large companies would like for their employees to maintain. Um, But I know myself very well. And I told them, you know, I'm not going to go on TV and do something crazy. Like, it's just not in my blood. Um, But, you know, um, I respected their wishes, which is not to speak of my employment with them. And so um, that's how it was. But sadly, then, I think people missed out on a big chunk of my life. Um, So I I don't know, in the future, um, maybe there could be some sort of uh, arrangement made where I am allowed to show that aspect of my career. But um, sadly, for season five, that didn't happen. Well, I mean, we have Married to Medicine. I mean, the LA version has moved on, but I mean, maybe a Married to Medicine Dallas. I mean, I've said this before. I think I've said it to you when you're on the show. Like, let's get that started, Tiffany. Yes. Um, it, I don't know who the first person was, but it was sort of like after all that stuff came out that I quit and then um, the show was put on hiatus and I would get comments on my social media that said, give us Married to Medicine Dallas or can Tiffany have her own spinoff? So um, I have... Um, heard that comment before, but uh, I don't know what's happening with that. I don't know. Do you have a phone to call someone to make that happen? Or how does that work? I was just going to say, listen, let me add this to my to-do list and look into this for you. Like, listen, I'll, we'll work out our percentage. I just need like a little percent on the side, Tiffany. Anyone who knows me knows that I get bored so very easily. And that extends to every aspect of my life, including my workouts. I find the best way to stay motivated is to have variety in my workouts. And that's why I love Peloton. The variety really does help keep me motivated. You can do a bike workout. Out. Then you can do yoga, meditation, dance cardio. I'm actually really good at dance cardio, guys, if you can believe that. And there's a whole new artist series class where you can listen to music from one single artist. I choose Madonna more times than not, but you can also do a theme like pop or rock, hip hop, EDM. Peloton has everything. And Peloton has a workout for every day, every schedule. You can de-stress from a long day with 30 minutes of strength or 20 minutes of cardio or a 15 minute total body class before work or after work. It's great. Listen, visit onepeloton.com to learn more. That's onepeloton.com to learn more. Do you think like the world's like got an accurate like per- like perception of you? Like other than, you know, the fact that we didn't show your career and that you filmed probably like 15 hour days and then like slept for an hour and went to the hospital and like operated in scrubs during Corona, despite that, like, do you think we got, like, do you think, like, what's the biggest misperception of you? Or like, what do you, what were you hope, or do you think we got it right? Like the world knows who you are? I think mostly um, what was shown of me is pretty accurate. Um, I think there's maybe a little bit um, a misrepresentation that I was like stuck up in some way. I got um, yelled at for talking about my nine toilets that it wasn't even um, I wasn't even bragging. Actually, we were all talking about if we all need to go at the same time. And then I said, um, well, this house has nine toilets. So if everyone right at this table actually has to go poo at the same time, I have you covered. So it, that got a little weird because then it sort of got made into like I was bragging um, and the closet thing again um, really hurt my feelings because Stephanie when we started filming pulled me aside and said you know I've been doing this a long time I'm an OG if you ever need anything you can come to me I got your back you know this is a hard thing but you know I'm here for you babe like that kind of thing and so then when it aired and she was like oh I thought her closet tour was really tacky or obnoxious or whatever I was like 
oh, that's interesting because that is not what you said to me at the time. So I, I think I just didn't get like how this went, you know, that you film, then three or four months later, you see it back. Everything's not always as you remember. And I just got my feelings hurt. Twitter fingers started going crazy and you know, the rest is history. There's, there's certain things that I do regret, um, about some of my interactions with the ladies, but then again, you know, um, can't take them back. So you can't take them back, but like, what do you regret? Um, I think probably just when the show started airing my, uh, rhetoric or rule book, if you will said, try to, you know, give the most heat to whoever is in the hot seat at the minute in order to generate more publicity and knowledge about RHOD to get the ratings up, you know? And so I would like tweet, you know, things out like that were a little shady um, to try to catch more clicks. You know what I mean? Like, I I thought that that was the rule book, like the, the book that I got said to do that. Now, I don't know, you know, who wrote that book and why I had that in my head. Um, and, and then after that happened, it just sort of, everything just sort of devolved from there. You know, it's like you have this really nice sweater and there's one little string that's kind of hanging out. And so you pull it and then the whole thing unravels. And now you have like a big hole in your sweater when you should have just probably left the little string that no one even noticed. That's how I feel. Um, R-H-O-D was. <laughs> I get it. It's like, people don't realize like there's no, you're thrown into the lion's den. You get hired, but there's no one, you know, maybe you have a good friend like Deandra, but no one is saying like, Tiffany, do this, do that. It's like, it is sink or swim. Like you either figure it out. And so it's almost like you're saying like, you necessarily didn't feel some of these things in the beginning of like angst. You just thought the rule book was like, let me get on Twitter and let me drum up some you know, attention to the show. Cause I mean, who wouldn't want that? And then, like you said, the sweater just unraveled. It just unraveled. And then I was looking at a big old hole and I was like, oh my God, I should have just left that thread alone. So you regret your social media, some of your social media stuff. Some of it, not all of it. Like when Carrie called me a snake, I was like, excuse me, like you were a bitch to me all season. And now you're calling me a snake? Like, no, 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 no. And that necklace is hideous, by the way. So I don't regret that tweet at all. You're like, no, thank you. No, thank you. $1,400. I was like, but I will donate that to the SPCA because I'm feeling extra generous today. Well, that's nice. Do you think, you know, listen, Dorinda's on a pause. We've used the word hiatus here a few times. I mean, do you think that is a true use of the word? I mean, is Dallas canceled or is Dallas on this hiatus, air quotes? No, I I don't think it's canceled. I mean, I don't know, but the truth is that I think it is on hiatus. I think that like Miami, when the right cast comes along and the right production team to make it all gel together, um, that it could very well come back. I mean, I heard Miami's doing amazingly. Um, I haven't watched all of it, just like the first few episodes, but you know, they made a comeback. So Dallas could too. I would agree. Miami is doing well and there's a lot of buzz and the ratings for Peacock are good. And so especially with Peacock in the mix, you really think like a Miami helps maybe the future of Dallas, the success of Miami. Yeah, I really think that. Well, we also have something else now called Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, R-H-U-G-T. <laughs> you know, the first season, yes, was current housewives. But the second season is ex-housewives that are not currently on the air at the moment. So that really opens the possibilities, Tiffany. I mean, if you got a call for Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, would you say yes? Um, I have no idea. I would definitely have to think about it. But I will say that I am still salty that I did not get one of these fabulous international trips, which on the spreadsheet was on the column of good reasons to join RHOD. And, you know, mind you, I went to Austin and Oklahoma, both on like RVs that I thought I would die in. And so you know, I think if I got asked for a ultimate girls trip, I would probably say yes, just because I still feel that I'm owed a fabulous international trip. 
That's a good reason. I mean, you know, now they are casting like pairs of twos. That is how it works. So if they were going to cast you, they're going to cast someone else from Dallas. Now, I don't know who that would be, but would you say yes, regardless of who the other person was? Uh, I would say yes to half of the people that I worked with last season and the other half, no, thank you. <laughs> really? So if they were like, Tiffany, I mean, you're asking, it's going to be Cam. It's you and Cam. Oh, no. Like, no. No one's name starting with a K I'm going on vacation with because it ain't going to be a vacation. No Ks. No Ks. That's fair enough. I take it. So you really, Deandra's the main person you keep in touch with. Um, Yeah, Deandra, I keep in touch with. Brandy and I text here and there. Stephanie, um, I see her sometimes at um, uh, charity events because Travis and I sit on the same um, board for a domestic violence organization. So um, all of those people, I would be fine to go on a girl's trip with. Now I have to ask you, because listen, I'm often caught between housewives. This one's like, why are you friends with her? I mean, you get caught between housewives. I know that you are somewhat friendly with Leanne. You text her. We, we love Leanne here behind the Velvet Rope. She's been here. Like, how does your friend Deandra feel about this friendship with Leanne? This is what I say about being friends with someone who isn't friends with someone else. I am friends with Leanne. I am friends with Deandra. They are not friends. When I hang out with Leanne, we don't talk about Deandra. And when I hang out with Deandra, we don't talk about Leanne. And if I could not be friends with someone that one of my other friends disliked, I would have no friends left because Dallas is small and people have little things over big things, small things, medium things. And it's like, hello, I am a grown ass woman. I will be friends with whoever I choose to be friends with. And if you guys don't like that, that becomes your problem. But right now I'm friends with both of these women and it's not an issue for me because when I hang out with them, like we don't talk about the other person. We talk about all these other things, Leanne, and I have plenty to talk about. We don't touch on Deandra and Deandra and I have plenty to talk about and we don't talk about Leanne. So we sort of just, you know, it's like when you think your teenager like might not be a virgin anymore, but you really don't want to ask them about it. And it's like, well, at some point, you know, they're going to right. So you just let's just not even go there. Just. Ignore it. Short of the reference to children, which I don't have, I repeat that about 20 times a day, 100%. It's like, so I'm just going to record that little part and I'm going to start. I say the same thing all the time. I'm like, I, your enemy is not my enemy and we don't talk about you. It's like, everything is trustworthy. It's like, it's like, an, it's like a cement wall of like, it's one thing has nothing to do with the other, right? Because I, I really get that hundreds of times a day and I'm like, yeah. I'm not in the middle. I, I love you both. Because you're friends with everybody. Like you're friends with all the housewives. And so, I mean, you really must be caught in the middle. Well, not everybody. There is a list of people that I may not be friends with. Oh, well, let's hear it. Can I interview you now? <laughs> is that your way of turning this around, Tiffany? I mean, you asked me all the hard questions. Let me ask you one. Let me put it this way. Nobody from Dallas is really on my stay away from list. Let's put it that you guys are just nice in Dallas, you know, most of you. Yeah. yeah. Well, before we get to your comedy, I wanted to ask about, you know, because I know when Ebony was here, she said there was a text chain, you know, between you and Garcelle and Crystal, you know, cause you were all predominantly going through the same thing, like the non-white cast member on a pre- predominantly white cast, like Garcelle, Crystal, you, I forgot who else, somebody else. But what do you think of all that's going on now with like Jenny Nguyen and like Mary Cosby from Salt Lake? Yeah, I just became privy of that because I'm in Italy and have been, you know, outside walking around with my husband and I haven't been on social media. So it it just recently came to my attention today that there was some um, stuff that Jenny may have said in the past that was very unsavory. Um, I haven't had time to look through the 
the things. Um, but from what I read from the comments, um, it seems that she was very um, short-sighted in what she may have put on the internet. Um, I know that her and Mary have not been getting along, sort of they just never really saw eye to eye. But my whole take on the situation is that like two wrongs don't make a right. I mean, whatever Mary said that was, um, you know, uh, defamatory or Jenny didn't like um, is bad. And then if Jenny's going out and doing the same thing, like then she's just as bad, right? Like two rights do not make a wrong. Like everyone needs to do better and we're not going to do that by tearing each other down. So um, I still need to, you know, get a little bit deeper into what happened, but it, it doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good. I haven't really gone that deep. And, you know, with Mary, it happens on air where she did make a reference to how gorgeous Jenny was and how much she loved her slanty eyes. Those were, I'm not just repeating the words. So that's, you know, and like you look at like Crystal, like I know Crystal has shared, like, you know, Crystal's gotten like, I'm sure, you know, like death threats and oh, Crystal's I had, gotten. I like, have those too. Really? Yeah. I've had text messages telling me, you're so ugly. I'd like to put a bag over your face. Why don't you go back to China? You know, I'd love to shove a chicken foot down your throat, you know, like same thing. What is wrong with this world? Um, we don't have enough time on the podcast today to discuss that, David. No, we do not. Uh, No, we do not. Um, yeah, so I don't know what's happening, but, but I do know that we all need to you know, give each other a little grace and that we all need to do better. People are like losing their minds in Corona. They are. They are. They are. Has all of that directed towards you soften, like just not being on the show? You know, you're still, everyone knows who you are. You're still in the public eye, but like, has that softened or it still comes just as hard as if the show was on every week? I think it's softened. Everything has softened sort of because, um, you know, it's like out of sight, out of mind. So back when the show was airing, oh my gosh, I was getting like hundreds of DMs a day. I just like couldn't even get to them. Um, But now it's much more manageable. So um, yeah, I guess in some ways that's one of the perks of um, not being on the show anymore. Man. Well, let's talk about comedy, Tiffany. (laughs) <laughs> yes. I don't think of comedy when I think of Tiffany Moon, Dr. <laughs> Tiffany Moon. So talk to me about how, where does this come from? It's like we said, like it was just you being on the show and people saying, wait, you're funny. I mean, people tell me I'm funny all the time. I mean, here I am behind the velvet rope. I'm not sure I'm going to go do stand up. nor do I think I necessarily could even come close to doing stand up. So like where, just walk me through this. Well, people have always said that I'm funny, like my true friends that are close to me. And I think a lot of that didn't come out on the show because it's hard to be funny when you're, you know, being attacked and gaslit. Um, But it, it did come out a little bit. And I have a big presence on TikTok. And, and people would say, oh my gosh, your, your TikToks are so funny. Like, why didn't we see this version of Tiffany on Housewives? I'm like, because I was being attacked. Like, you know, it's hard to let your wall down and, and, you know, kind of be vulnerable when people are just like lodging things at you all the time. Um, and, and I believe in serendipity and sort of kismet. And I became friends with a girl that is a professional comedian. And she encouraged me. She said, I think you're really funny. I think you could do stand up. Will you try it out? I'll give you the opportunity to open my show. And I was like, uh, can I think about this for a day or two? Um, and I decided, you know, I've, I've played my whole life so safe, you know, been a good girl my whole life, checked all the boxes, did all the things, never really did anything that was sort of what people would be like, oh my gosh, you're doing what? And I was like, you know what, what the hell? Like I've already embarrassed myself enough by, you know, being on housewives and shitting myself on TV. How bad could a five minute stand up set be? So I told her I'll do it. And then I started, you know, writing jokes, rehearsing them, practicing. And I did one stand-up set, which is now on YouTube. So you can go watch it if you want. How did, I, mean, I well, I am going to go watch it. I knew that you did one, but now I'm going to go find it. How did that go? 
Um, as a person who likes assigning grades to things, I would give myself as a first time ever stand-up comedian, a solid B. It was not great, but I did get a couple of laughs. Listen, I mean, the first time is the hardest, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I didn't forget what I was going to say. Like it kept going, um, in the YouTube video, which was recorded on my friend's iPhone. So not like any special production over here. Um, you can hear the audience laughing. Um, a lot of them were my friends. Deandra was there. So, um, you know, they might've just laughed because they're my friends. So we'll see if, um, when the audience isn't comprised of mostly my friends, if they still laugh as much. Where do you, well, like, do you, who were your comedic inspirations? Like, do you have, like, which, what comics do you like? Oh, well, my favorite comics um, are Kevin Hart, um, Dave Chappelle, um, Ali Wong, Angela Johnson, Joe Coy, Ronnie Chen, um, Jimmy O. Yang. So, I mean, I, I, I always love watching stand-up comedy because I think that there's an art to it. And I also think that it incorporates um, storytelling. Like you're not just up there doing like, knock, knock, who's there? You sort of tell the story of your life and your experiences with jokes in between. And, and I like it. That's like how I learn about people. I love how I gave you a, like a, a list and you have like a really thought out list. Like that's a long list. Yeah, I love stand-up comedy. I've always, you know, looked up to stand-up comedians because if you think about, you know, Britney, Lady Gaga, Beyonce selling out a show, you know, there's singing, there's dancing, there's backup dancers, there's lights, there's production. And then you think about these stand-up comedians. Like I went to Kevin Hart in Dallas. He sold out the American Airlines Center. It was him on a stage with a microphone talking for an hour. There was no backup dancers. There was no lights. There was, you know, and I was like this man is incredible like the amount of skill that you have to have and bravery to stand on a stage and sell out an entire arena by talking like that's I was like that's props where does stand-up comedy compare to housewives and being a doctor in the operating room in terms of difficulty like rank those from (laughs) most difficult to least to to the least difficult, but still very difficult. Um, I would say uh, being a stand-up comedian is funner, but more difficult than being a housewife. And being a doctor is the most difficult of all because, you know, if you fuck up your comedy set, nobody's going to (laughs) die. That is true. Like, where do you pull, like, what type of, I mean, I'll watch this on YouTube and everyone needs to watch it, but like, where do you pull your material from? You know, like, yeah, Chelsea Handler, when she started, it was like the white girl wasted humor, you know, like Margaret Cho pulls, pulls from like being Asia, you know, like what, what's your, where do you pull from? I pull mostly from my own life experiences as an immigrant, as a sort of odd duck. Um, I also pull a lot from my mother. Um, You know, I've made many TikToks um, as Asian mom, which, you know, is, is just things that my mom has said to me when I was little. So most of my comedy just is from like things that have really happened to me. It's not made up. Oh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Do you pull from Housewives at all? Like, do you, does that part of the show? Yeah, in the YouTube video, you'll see, I did make one or two Housewives jokes, um, but really I don't want to pull too much from it. And there's not really that much more <laughs> that I can pull from it. It wasn't really that funny. I was just going to say Housewives doesn't necessarily lend itself to humor, does it? It was supposed to, Um I thought that, you know, when I joined that it would be a humorous kind of fluffy satire sort of show, um, fun and fluffy is, is what I was told it would be. Um, that's not exactly how it panned out as you saw. So maybe there'll be, um, a couple of housewives jokes, but that was such a short chapter in the book of my life that I don't really want to focus on it. That's what people don't realize. Like, people say to me all the time, like, you know, oh, you interviewed so-and-so, like she needs to come back to the show. You know, I'm like, 
do you realize that like she has no, I mean, not you, but I get all, I'm like, this person has no interest in coming back to the show. Like they have literally, this was like four years, three years of their life. Like they have, this is 15 years ago. They've moved on. They don't want to come back. Like, is that strange to you that you're a doctor now you, maybe you're going to reinvent yourself as a comedian as I mean, you are going to reinvent, like, do you, is it strange that people will always want to bring this up in an interview? Some less than me. The next time you come back, Tiffany, we don't have to bring it up at all. But like, is it strange to you like that it's so powerful that people are always going to want to bring this up as part of your story? No, I mean, I think it's fine and I'm totally fine with it. And I'm actually grateful for the opportunity to discuss some of the um, content where I feel like maybe the audience didn't understand it fully or they didn't get the full story, which is why they continue to ask questions about it. Um, But it gave me the platform that I have now. It grew my social media. So never, ever would um, I be like annoyed um, to discuss it because it was a part of my life, a very unique aspect of my life. And I'm just grateful that... Um, the fans are still following me and following along in this uh, career, not career change, but sort of, um, you know, pivot as I try my hand at stand-up comedy. And I do want to reinvent myself. I never want to be the same person that I was, you know, five, 10 years ago, like five years from now, I hope I'll be doing something else that's different because that's what life is all about. Right. It is. So where let like, you have this new show, it's going to go well. So what happens after this? Like, might we see, you know, it's true. Like I said to my team who booked you here today through your team, I was like, no, I'm, I'm in LA all the time. And I'm really upset that I can't go to Tiffany's show. Like, I'm just not going to be know. in LA. I'm like, I'm really would have gone. No, I I don't know how to put it out there because last time I was in LA and I did something, somebody saw a picture that I posted and they were like, you were in LA? Why didn't I get invited to your thing? And I was like, I posted it. Like, I don't know how else to tell people. So maybe you can help me. <laughs> so listen, the, the next time, time you, you tell me and I will get it out there wherever you're going to be, you know, but. Okay. Okay. Well, the Laugh Factory Hollywood, which, you know, a lot of the comedians that That's I major. Yeah, that I just named, um, played there, like did a set there. Um, and so I hope there's there's something special about being on that stage that gives you a little um, ignition of bravery and um, <laughs> funniness. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm uh, going to do a set at the Laugh Factory Hollywood. And, you know, here in New York, we have Gotham. We have many comedy clubs here. So I think Nick Caroline's, I think, you know, Go back to LA after this, but you know, New York, we've got some legendary comedy here too. Okay. Well, you know, if this all works out, I could go on tour. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, (laughs) listen, I mean, that's, listen, once this is now, then people are going to be like, wait, there's the comedian Tiffany. Like, wait, oh, was she on Housewives in the past? That's what's going to happen. That that would be a dream if, if I was better known for my comedy than for being a housewife. Well, listen, hope. It's your second show. Before we go, I don't know if you watch Orange County Housewives. I don't know if you're watching that. Have you ever seen Heather Dubrow's Closet? Like, do you have closet envy when you see Heather Dubrow's Closet? I She has an amazing closet. I aspire to one day have such a closet with a champagne doorbell like Mrs. Dubrow. How is your closet doing? Um, it's lonely right now because I'm not in there, but um, it's dead vaulted and being watched by security. So all my Birkins are, and Kelly's are just, you know, they, they have the week off. Between you and Heather, I mean, I've never seen two more clean, organized closets in my life. Like, let's just not even get into the size or all. It's just so organized, your closet, every time I see it. I mean, it's, I, I really want to meet this Heather person. I'm like, I I've never, so many people have talked to me about her and I'm like, I must meet her. We are either going to instantly become besties or hate each other. But I really feel that someone in the universe needs to get Heather and I together. Oh, let me add that to the list. I'm going to after oh, that that- to your to-do list. <sighs> I've just, I've just given you a whole long list of things to do today. See Tiffany's comedy show, start married to medicine, Dallas, contact Heather Dubrow, put her in touch with Tiffany. All right. Let me, I have three things to do. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I really appreciate your time. Thank you for being here. You know, sorry to ask you so many housewives questions. 
No, I, again, I'm so grateful that you're allowing me the opportunity to, you know, talk about some of my experiences and clear the air on some things. Um, I do need your address again, because I have new candle scents. So I promised my husband after 12 that I wouldn't make any more. And then I had 20 and now I have 24. So I'm just going to not promise anymore that I'm not going to make candle scents because I have four new ones. One is called Botox candle and it's for humans who need to relax. Um, one is oxytocin, which is the hormone that is released when you have an orgasm or when women are in birth. Um, but I did get in trouble because a fan thought that I posted a candle of oxycontin, which is a highly addictive narcotic drug. So oxytocin, not oxycontin. And then I have a rosé champagne, which is fabulous. And then a 2022 Lunar New Year, Year of the Tiger candle. And I am donating all of the proceeds from that candle to support the AAPI community. I love it. Well, first of all, A, I will send you my address. B, I'm not just giving you lip service because you're here. That first batch of candles, like I was obsessed. Like I told everyone, like I am truly a candle person. You have no idea. And they're amazing. And three, you had me at Botox. Like that's all I need. I'm I'm going Saturday for my little touch up. Like I am all about like, no, it's, this isn't like, I see problems here. <laughs> so you had me at Botox. So I mean, four new candles, like you will have my address as soon as this ends. Done. How is the wine going? Um, the wine is almost sold out. We debuted it in July and I wish I had made more barrels of 2018, you know, Cabernet Sauvignon because I cannot go back in time and do that. Um, but I have a few, uh, cases that are in my home, in our wine cellar that I am holding for private use because it sold like hotcakes. And I, um, I had to tell my manager to, to put sold out online because um, we only have a few cases left. I love it. Well, listen, having some of the best candles that I've ever had, where do you fall on the Karen Huger, Wendy Osefo, Karen likes three wicks. Wendy's candle is one wick. You know, now they're talking about maybe a five wick or seven wick. Do you have a, I mean, do you have a, do you like to weigh in on this debate in Potomac? I would, I would. Um, scientifically speaking, a one wick candle is better if it is triple scented as mine are, because it uses less wax and gives you a longer burning time than a three wick candle. Um, I just for fun made a 13 wick candle the other day, which I shall debut soon, but I don't think that more wicks is better, but more importantly, you must trim your wicks because as a candle connoisseur, uh, my number one pet peeve is when people burn their candles with like an inch long wick and you can see the soot that is being emitted from the burning of the candle. And um, I always call it the um, rim of shame, that black rim around the candle. That means that your wick was not properly trimmed. So trim your wicks people. Do you see how in this whole discussion that I just, my eyes just lit up and I paid attention more than I think anything else we've talked about. Like this was, that's very, I mean, it's true. I've had three wick candles. They, they, they burn so quickly. They are gone people really. I I appreciate your one wick and the smell, your candles, the smell is intense in like a good way. Like the whole place. Yeah, my, up. my candles are triple scented with essential oils. So we don't use any artificial fragrance, um, which some candles, um, use. And also they do not contain any paraffin because actually when you, um, burn paraffin, it emits toxic chemicals into the environment. And then you breathe those in. So I could, I could probably go on for an hour about candles and why soy wax is better. And I have a cotton wick and this and that, and you're, you're, uh, listening would be all like, you know, I I could go on and on about candles and why fragrance is important and why that links to your hypothalamus, which is our memory center, why that links to your amygdala, which is our emotional center. That's why smells trigger memory and emotion so deeply because your olfactory receptors are directly linked to your hippocampus and amygdala. Well, that's why people buy your candles. 
No, that's why people buy your candles. And one day I want to see this, this 13 wick make its premiere. Let's just put that out there. It's but happening. Th- it's thank happening. you for explaining that more wicks are not necessarily better. Correct. Where can everyone find you? I will share your, you know, where to buy tickets for Monday, but where yes. can everyone find you? Yes. My website is just tiffanymoonmd.com. And on there, you can click on the come see me at the Laugh Factory. Um, and I'm also doing another set in Palm Springs on January 26th. And you can click shop now, which will um, bring you to the candles, including the four new scents, um, one of which is the Lunar New Year Tiger Candle. With all the proceeds being donated, which is amazing. Tiffany, it's been a pleasure again. Hopefully you had as much fun as you did the first time. Yes, I love talking to you. You are such a good interviewer. Thank you. That means, you know, one day I was in law school. See, I'm all about reinventing oneself too, you know? We love an educated queen. We Listen, there's nothing better than an educated queen, right? She's educated. She's educated. So I, you're educated too. I appreciate everything reach out anytime. You're such a pleasure and say hi to your husband and enjoy Italy. I will. Thank you so much, David. Anytime. Keep in touch. I will. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope, because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.